We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye. No Jack Manuel, but with me, regular guest Joe Maycar. Joe, Nets won tonight, 113-106 over the Washington Wizards. No sad endings like we've seen in the past. How are we feeling tonight? We're feeling good. We finally uh, defeated our kryptonite. That is the Washington Wizards. The past two games against them were both utter heartbreak. One of them was a game-losing shot where we could have won, but both Kyrie and Durant missed their potential yep. game winner. And the second one was a very, very high-scoring, like, all-star game, like 149 to, I believe it was like 146 loss. Uh, this time, it feels good to be on the other end. It feels good to be on that victory end. And, you know, credit to a lot of the guys in the rotation who we'll, we'll get to right now. Yeah, and the debut of Blake Griffin in a Brooklyn Nets uniform, and I thought that went really well. Like you said, Joe, we'll jump into that and plenty more. But as always, you can find the buzz on all streaming platforms, including otgbasketball.com, netsrepublic.com, and Blue Wire Pods. But, Joe, before we get into the good stuff, Nets started this game really slow. It kind of reminded us of the previous game against Orlando. Didn't necessarily have that juice. What do you think happened in that first quarter timeout from Steve Nash that really changed things and saw the Nets kind of just pick up that energy level? In the first quarter, I think it was basically just starting to learn their opponent. Like, obviously, we know they've played this team twice before. But it was basically a matter of, okay, Alex Len is feasting in the paint right now. Russell Westbrook is penetrating inside. Rui Achimura is getting to his sweet spot, that little, like, 15-, 16-foot shot that he always makes consistently. And it was basically a matter of, okay, uh, understand communication. Like, DeAndre Jordan, you have to be in this spot where understanding, okay, how can we slow down this team? Are they a team that doesn't really make outside shots? Um, basically, how could we stop the bleeding? Because they were just getting easy points in the paint. And once Claxton came in, once Blake Griffin came in, we saw this run just start to galvanize. And just like that, the 14-point lead evaporated, and Brooklyn actually took the lead very early in the second quarter. Yeah, like you said, Joe, that first quarter timeout, I thought, you know, they came out, they played a little bit better defensively, turned the energy up, but things really started to change when we saw that bench unit come in with Bruce Brown, Nick Claxton, Blake Griffin, those guys really brought some great energy, and I guess let's talk about Blake Griffin. Like I mentioned, his debut tonight, played about 15 minutes, only had two points. One of those buckets, though, was a dunk, also had two rebounds, had some nice high basketball IQ plays out there, looked pretty spry for a guy that's been banged up the last couple years. What do you think about Blake Griffin's debut in a Nets uniform? Yeah, you know, if you just look at it from a stat point point of view, you're not going to see anything that really jumps off. Like, okay, if I missed that game and saw two points, a couple rebounds, maybe an assist, I'm not going to go crazy about that. But, you know, it's just knowing that Blake Griffin 
did look like a very good version of himself. Like this version we saw, he was moving fine. Um, his post-up game still seems to be there. He didn't really attempt a post shot, but we saw he had a couple mismatches, and you know he kind of had the intention, like, okay, yep. I want to try to score. Um, so even if he's doing something like attracting a double team, which then you could kick it out to an open Joe Harris, which we saw a couple times this game, or an open Landry Shamit, which we saw before he went down with injury, um, just doing the little things, setting screens, solid screens for guys like Kyrie and Harden to get open, uh, even played some solid defense in the first. I remember yep. he had this block just a couple minutes into his playing time. So Blake Griffin, like I said, at this point, definitely not a guy who's going to give you 20 and 10 every night, but he's a guy who's going to do the little things to help you win games. Yeah, it looks like it could be a nice tool off the bench. Obviously, we don't want to overreact to one game, but like you said, Joe, not necessarily picked up in the stat sheet. He did a nice job drawing a couple of fouls in this game, like you mentioned, had the isolation defense on Bradley Beal, which he got a block. A lot of smart basketball IQ plays in there, you know, just high basketball IQ stuff, switching on the guys, you know, when the Nets are getting into the mismatches down low, understanding where he needs to be. Also took a charge in this one. And then also a couple times he didn't get the assist, but he had the hockey assist, you know, created that ball moving off those post ups like you mentioned, Joe, because sometimes he gets a double team, can hit that pass. And I think we saw a little bit of chemistry with him and Bruce Brown. Yeah, definitely. And this definitely just ties back to their days with Detroit, as we remember. Blake's last dunk was actually from a pass from Bruce Brown. Oh, there we so, go. A little fun yeah, fact for, right there. <laughs> for any Nets fans who didn't know that, Blake's last dunk in December 2019 came off of a baseline feed from Bruce Brown. So anyway, you just see the chemistry. Even the guys, like, he didn't really spend time with DeAndre Jordan. I don't think they actually played together a nope. single minute, if I missed it. Yeah. But we just see when Blake comes into the game, he's ready to, like, relieve DeAndre Jordan of his duties. He kind of understands, okay, like, I need to fulfill these solid minutes and basically bring that energy that at times DJ seems to be lacking. Yeah, 100%. I liked his uh, combination with Claxton. I think he can have a nice combination with uh, Jeff Green in the future as well. Not Don't really want to see him play much with DJ, but also I think you kind of hinted on some chemistry, and I think over time he's going to develop better chemistry, obviously, with Kyrie Irving and James Harden. Going to see a little bit more success there, but talking about the other big man off the bench who played a great game and honestly just continues to impress, and that's Nick Claxton. 16 points, three rebounds, three blocks, a steal, 7-10 from the field, a couple dunks in this one. Claxton continues to kind of just pop. Yeah, definitely. Um, for any non-Nets fans, if you happen to be listening to this, Nick Claxton is the future. Let me say <laughs> that right now. There's a reason that everyone is so high on this kid. He could literally do everything. Picture a skinnier, poor man's Bam Adebayo. That's a good comparison, I'd say. Uh, just a guy who could switch onto the perimeter as a big man, which is a rare commodity these days. Uh, can really, we haven't seen it much, but capable of hitting an outside shot, finishing around the rim lobs, blocks, uh, rebounding. So basically just does all the little scrappy things that you really love to see from a contender where, okay, we have all these scoring options, and now look, we insert Nick Claxton, and suddenly we have an interior presence who could also switch out to the perimeter. So with Nick Claxton, I thought they're kind of letting him a little loose as the games go by. Maybe yep. his conditioning gets a little better. And we see that the Nets organization, they trust Nick Claxton to close games. Like he's getting these closing minutes now. Yeah, this is the second game he's closed for the Nets, and obviously he had the big bucket late in this one. In 26 minutes, I remember when you know we were lucky to see him for 16. So obviously, like you said, Joe, kind of letting him loose out there, getting a little bit more of his game, and he's developing a nice chemistry with James Harden. Him and Kyrie are still probably a touch off, but that chemistry with James Harden, that pick and roll and understanding where he needs to be, it's obviously going to be very great and a nice tool for this team and you mentioned you know he has the ability to protect the rim and then not give up anything in terms of on ball defense I mean out of every net tonight I feel like Nick Claxton did the best job on Russell Westbrook definitely and you know as Claxton comes back 
he was injured for a very long time, but now he's healthy. He's been healthy for just taking a guess here, maybe like eight to ten games or so. Yep. And now you incorporate Blake Griffin into the mix, possibly something on the buyout market. Who knows? Maybe something at the trade deadline. Then you have Kevin Durant coming back. Um, what this shows us is just the versatility from once, okay, we have nobody in the front court, like we're playing Reggie Perry like 20 minutes a game, to look like who's losing minutes in this situation. Like our front court depth is just getting a lot better over time. And who knows? Like, like I said, Sean Marks might not be done yet. Yeah, for sure, Joe. I mean, I think it's almost likely they add maybe another front court piece. If not, we're going to get Kevin Durant back. And like you said, it went from having no depth and not really many options to having options and having versatility too. You know, Steve Nash is not handcuffed. Hey, I can only play, you know, a specific type of big. Like we have different tools here from DJ, Nick Claxton, Jeff Green, and obviously now Blake Griffin and even KD at the five sometimes. And I guess, you know, super small ball with Bruce Brown occasionally. So that it's just gone a long way in terms of what this roster looks like and the second unit is becoming a tool it feels like times like hey the starters aren't playing great let the bench come in they'll change the energy and they're probably going to outplay the other bench because they're going to be led by either Kyrie Irving or James Harden yeah definitely and I know like when the James Harden trade was made and the laughing joke of the NBA was like oh look at the Nets bench like and it was that picture of the summer league team from 2016 (laughs) with Yogi Ferrell Chase Budinger and all those guys who nobody could really name anymore (laughs) but This bench team, the bench unit is really getting a sense of cohesion. And on top of that, just they're such a deep unit. Like, honestly, this Brooklyn Nets team, maybe 10, 11, even 12 deep. It's going to be to a point where you come playoff time and there's only eight, nine guys getting rotation minutes. Who are going to be the guys that step up and really solidify themselves towards the back end of that rotation? And who are going to be the guys that, okay, um, I'm here in case of like a breaking break glass in case of emergency three foul first quarter yeah exactly yeah exactly joe i mean it's a great problem to have and this is a problem we didn't necessarily anticipate the nets having any point this year and just to touch on the bench stuff 34 points for the Nets second unit only 14 points for the washington bench unit so again another area the nets won in this game before we talk about any more bench players i think we need to talk about james harden who had just a hot stretch in this game maybe not his best game but still had some nice pop-off moments 26 points eight assists five rebounds 10 to 23 from the field three and nine from three jump shots still a little bit off but still leading this team to w's yeah definitely and the thing with james harden his shot's going to come and go like we've seen this with houston he'll have stretches where unfortunately he's shooting like three of 15 one game or like four of 16 the next but you know the good thing with harden is even when he's not shooting well it's not like he's a negative to your team in any way like this is a guy who's an above average defender he's a superb passer like hawkeye harden there's there's a reason ryan ruko has dubbed him that nickname uh just sees the floor so perfectly He's a guy who's going to get his team involved. He's a guy who just, even from a leadership point of view, he holds people accountable. You see him talking to DeAndre Jordan during the timeouts. So James Harden, just even on an off-shooting night, is just always such a net positive to this team. Yeah, I'm 100%, Joe. Just the way he runs the offense and that pass to Joe Harris late in the game, that was just beautiful. Like you said, Hawkeye passing. I thought defensively tonight I wasn't, probably wasn't one of his best games. Russell Westbrook got the better of him, but that's just a tough matchup for him. He's not necessarily great against those on-ball super athletic guards. We see him kind of have success against some of those post guys like a Rui Hachimura, which he forced into a couple misses as well, but Harden continued to kind of do his thing, and Honestly, I'm kind of happy he's having his cold stretch right now because there's a good chance he's going to be hot towards the end of the season, leading into the postseason, instead of having you know that type of cold issue then. And also, I wouldn't be surprised if some of it's kind of connected to fatigue. 
Yeah, I was going to say that too. And my thing with Harden is you got to look at what this guy's doing from a bigger lens. Like he leads the NBA in minutes at over 38 a game. During this stretch of just wins recently, it feels like he's been playing 40 to 42. Yeah. It feels like he's been out there even longer. 39 minutes tonight, so right out there. Yeah, especially the games where Kyrie will sit due to, like, air quote, load management <laughs> or rest, uh, sore groin. But when <laughs> Kevin Durant does come back, I think you experiment a little bit with, okay, yes, we finally have three guys healthy, but give Harden a rest day once in a blue moon. Yeah. Like, yes, you still want to grab some cohesion because they've only played six games together as a trio. But at the same time, like, keep Harden healthy. Like, he's definitely, like you said, dealing with a little bit of fatigue. And he took a nice shot to the head today, too. Uh, you know, Matthews kind of put his back end into his face. You know, obviously Harden was able to come back in the second half. But, again, when Katie's back, if not resting him, at least trying to get those minutes down to, like, 32. You know what I mean? He has yeah. a lot of a load on his shoulders, especially, like you said, when Kyrie's. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Not playing. And Kyrie Irving, let's talk about him a little bit. 28 points, 10 to 25 from the field, 1 to 6 from 3, 7 to 7 from the free throw line, 6 assists, uh, 3 steals. Not necessarily his best game. It was kind of a little bit sporadic in this one, but did have a couple uh, clutch buckets and obviously had the big steal at the end. Yeah, definitely. Um, I thought this game Kyrie's defensive effort was a little bit better. Like we did see, like you said, he came up in passing lanes. He got a couple clutch steals, especially towards the end. I remember watching like, okay, there's a possibility this game's tied now. Nope, Kyrie takes the ball away. So even if he's having an off shooting night today, I feel like he kind of made up for it. Not a bad shooting night, but definitely not what we're capable of seeing from Kyrie. Overall, I thought it was a above-average game for him. I felt like he was one of the guys that turned up his defense towards the second half, like you said, had some of those big moments in the fourth quarter because he just kind of looked a little bit out of it. And a couple shots that just he usually knocks down were literally inches off. You know what I mean? Hit back iron a couple times, a couple of them rimmed out, but not really a big issue long as the Nets win the game. Joe, you want to talk about Joe Harris or DeAndre Jordan next? Let's talk about Joe Harris first. All right. Our boy Jack Manuel is not here, so we can't super hype him up. But uh, 10 points, 3 of 8 from the field, 3 of 7 from 3, uh, 3 rebounds, 3 assists, 1 steal, 2 blocks for Joe Harris, and 1 turnover. You know, a solid all-around game from Joe. He didn't necessarily kill it from 3-point range, but found other ways to have an impact. Yeah, definitely. Now, I feel like with Joe Harris, maybe this will change once Kevin Durant comes back and there's a little less attention on him. Yep. But I feel like with Joe Harris, if you watch him off ball, I'll just watch him a couple possessions. The second he touches the ball, he's instantly getting smothered. Like, I think yep. the gig's kind of up in terms of, okay, we know what you're capable of. We're going to step up on you right now. And, like, 
I feel like if you look at the coverage he's facing, it's definitely a lot more. The looks he does get now are a little bit more contested as a whole. Like, yes, he's mm -hmm. still getting open looks here and there. But the shots he's attempting are definitely a little bit harder, I'd say. He's coming off screens, maybe one dribble, compared to the typical, okay, I'm going to sit in the corner, catch and shoot. So for Joe Harris, especially like you mentioned, I think you said he had two blocks, correct? Yeah. Yeah, like that's that's definitely a plus. Uh, the ability for him to pass out if he's not going to find his shot. And I thought, you know, it was an average game for Joe Harris. The slump's not going to last forever. And I thought this was a decent game for him. Yeah, obviously, like you said, Joe, getting a little bit more intention with Kevin Durant not being out there. When that happens, you're going to see him have more success. I feel like Joe's also been doing a little bit more damage with the second unit at times, going against some of those weaker defenses. But talking DeAndre Jordan, you know, stat-wise, 6 of 6, 12 points, 5 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 steal. Doesn't look like a bad game by DeAndre Jordan, but again, you can see the drastic difference between you know Blake Griffin or Nick Claxton out there in terms of energy. Just DeAndre looks slow, like he's in the Tims. <laughs> That's a good comparison <laughs> for a New York athlete. But anyway, the thing with DeAndre is he's not like a terrible player. Let me get that straight. Like I know a lot of Nets fans really hate on DeAndre Jordan. Like why is this guy getting any minutes? And I've been a firm believer that DeAndre Jordan would excel in a role that's just a lot smaller like we're asking him to do too much in a way like he shouldn't be relied on and now that the front court is starting to get a little healthy knock on wood um you're gonna see his minutes decrease and in my opinion i feel like only that's 17 minutes tonight yeah okay that's perfect like in my opinion he should probably rotate between like 15 hover around 15 to 20 minutes at most so 17 minutes um made the most of those minutes like we said on the offensive end He's never really an issue there. He gets good feeds from Harden. He gets good feeds from Kyrie. Easy finishes. We know the story with his field goal percentage. Um, as you said, it's the issue on defense that's really what holds this Nets team back. And it doesn't really pop off the page at first. Like, you don't watch the game and say, like, oh, that was really bad defense. But like you said, it's little things here and there, maybe not rotating, not being quick enough, not always putting a hand up to cover yep. a stretch big. Like, that's a big issue. And you just notice the difference in the score when Griffin or Claxton checks in. Like, when Claxton checks in, the game's just turned around. Like, that's why, who knows, like, not to single anyone out, but maybe DeAndre Jordan is part of the reason these Nets games get off to such a slow start. It really could be. I mean, some of that energy being out there, and obviously Claxton's almost the complete opposite. I mean, you won't find many bigs that move more than he does out there on the floor. So it'll be interesting, kind of what you hinted at earlier, Joe. Will Sean Marks elect to grab somebody at the buyout market, make a trade for another center, put some pressure on DeAndre Jordan? Because I don't ultimately think he's a terrible player. I think it's somewhat just the effort level. And maybe smaller minutes will help in that, or maybe he just needs to get motivated by having more competition, and hopefully that happens. But talking about a guy who always plays hard, that's Bruce Brown. Solid game for him tonight, 15 points. I mean, 15 minutes, 8 points, 4 or 5 from the field, 3 rebounds, 4 assists. You know, Bruce Brown just kind of a little bit of everything tonight. Yeah, that's what Bruce gives you. He's just kind of like that glue guy, holds the team together, gets offensive rebounds, which for a guard, that's it's amazing his ability to crash the boards. Kind of redefining his own role. He plays kind of like you said earlier, kind of like a small center role. Like he's really, yep. he's earned the nickname Biggie Smalls from Jeff Green because <laughs> that's basically what he is. He is a big man in a small body, in a six foot four body. Um, just knows how to box out. Uh, threw that nice lob to Claxton, which yeah. was beautiful. I, I saw it coming. We all saw it coming. And Bruce, like I said, just knows his role, never tries to do too much with it. Short push shots, maybe 1-3 a game, and I thought he played well tonight. Yeah, and obviously some good defense in there too. So never really upset with the way Bruce Brown plays. Talking Jeff Green, 
pretty quiet night for him. Only three points. He only attempted one field goal, three or four from the free throw line, two rebounds, a couple of nice uh, defensive possessions in there, but not necessarily an eye-popping game for Uncle Jeff. Yeah, for Jeff Green, I think you're going to see, now that the team is starting to get healthy in that front court, as I mentioned, with Nick Claxton, Blake Griffin, and soon Kevin Durant, Jeff Green's role is going to be, I think he's going to be the guy whose role kind of diminishes the most. Now, I might be wrong. Who knows? I hope but it's DeAndre Jordan, not Jeff Green. <laughs> I do, too. But in terms of Jeff Green, we also see that with this bigger lineup now, he might be forced to play, instead of a stretch five role, maybe the power forward position, or even sometimes, if they want to go big, the small forward position again. So in a sense, he can't necessarily blow past these centers. He's got to kind of be a little more witty, a little more intelligent with how he's going to get his points. Um if he's not scoring, that's not necessarily a bad thing as long as he's playing average defense. But, yeah, you're right, a little bit of a quiet night from Uncle Jeff tonight. And since the shoulder injury, he's been a little bit reluctant to shoot threes. So hopefully kind of getting healthy there should maybe lead to some good things. And talking Tyler Johnson, five points for him, nothing too crazy, but continues to kind of make those hustle plays all over the court. Yeah, Tyler Johnson just comes in kind of like – I compare it to like a T.J. McConnell role. That's but why I did that, that about two shows ago, yep. Yeah, uh, basically just comes in. He's the guy who's going to play some solid defense, um, maybe get a couple assists, knock down a couple shots. Nothing too crazy, but I think with Landry Shamit now out with that injury, I think we see a little bit more of Tyler Johnson, and I think he's a guy who's ready to step up in this opportunity. Yeah, definitely. I mean, with Landry Shamit out, it's going to be either Tyler Johnson or possibly even TLC getting an opportunity to get back in the rotation. And talking about Landry Shamit, you should see Joe's face when I said TLC back in the rotation. <laughs> uh, talking Landry Shamit, he suffered that ugly ankle injury, got his foot kind of bent in a really weird direction. They're saying ankle sprain. Hopefully it's nothing too serious, but I wouldn't have much confidence seeing Landry Shamit anytime soon. Yeah, Shamit, you really hate to see this from any point of view, but especially since he's been shooting the ball so well lately, he's really yep. starting to find his just role within this Nets rotation. Um, it's just, this is an injury you see often. A shooter goes to take a jump shot, goes to land, he has no space, pretty much lands on someone's foot or doesn't really get to plant his foot when he goes to hit the ground, twists it the wrong way, and just like that, like he needs to be helped off the court from his teammates. Um, I'm no doctor. If I had a guess, though, I'm just taking a wild guess this will probably keep him out a couple weeks maybe over a month if i had to guess yeah it looked like a pretty bad sprain there and obviously like you said joe shamit starting to find some rhythm in the nets rotation i thought defensively had a nice possessions on bradley beal in this one three-point shot was starting to kind of get into a groove and that's tough especially because now he's going to be coming back from an injury trying to find his rhythm with his team Honestly, that can be really tough for a shooter, especially when that's like your main skill on the team. So interested to see how Shamit reacts. Joe, anything else or any other players you want to discuss in this game? I think we hovered over everyone from the Wizards' point of view. I mean, it was a pretty good game overall. They just came up a little short. I thought they showed a little bit of fire at the end, but good job from Brooklyn. I thought Nick Claxton, Kyrie, and Harden were the big three that really closed this one tonight. Yeah, and just talking the Wizards side, Bradley Beal would probably one of his worst games of the season, 17 points, 6 of 15 from the field, 1 of 3 from 3. Some credit to the Nets defense for making life difficult in the second half, sent a lot of double teams his way, and forced Westbrook to beat them. And Westbrook honestly had probably one of his better games of the season, but wasn't enough for them to beat the Nets. Yeah, definitely. And I don't know what it is with Westbrook, but I'm, <laughs> I'm sure everyone could back me up on this. The man shoots in the low 30s from three. When he plays us, it feels like he shoots 50% from three. It's like if, somehow he, he just gets these superpowers that turns him into like Steph Curry for one night. 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, obviously, you know, the relationship with James Harden, the relationship with Kevin Durant kind of gives him some extra juice in that situation. Also, just to be noted, another quiet night from three for the Nets, only nine at 29, 31% from the field, 31% from deep, not, you know, their averages on the season, but nice to see them still be able to get a win against a, you know, a high powered offense in the Wizards, obviously one of the worst defenses in the league, but still a nice kind of grinded out dub. Definitely. And I think this is just a big testament to their defense. Like I know, like I said, the narrative around this Nets team is and probably always will be like, oh, where's the defense going to come from? But, you know, it's been improving over time. I think I saw as of recently, they are the top ranked offense and now the number 12 ranked defense. So as I've said in the past, they just need to be average on defense to the point their offense is going to outscore opponents pretty much every single night. And we've seen that defense really creeping up into the average territory, even though that doesn't sound great. Um, that's definitely a bright sign. And we, like I said, got to credit Nick Claxton. Yeah. Got to credit when he comes back. I'm sure Kevin Durant's going to add to that. And, you know, it's just a good sign to finally see Brooklyn getting a few stops. Yeah. And like you said, Joe, I think those stats were number one in offensive rating and number 11 in defensive rating over the last 15 games or so. And yeah. that was before uh, tonight's game or even possibly before the Orlando game. But still, like you said, those strides forward defensively, are big, and that's going to probably be the difference in the playoffs. And the Nets probably didn't know they had a tool in Nick Claxton until this point. And now in the postseason, this is a guy they can throw out there, and like we talked about earlier, gives you rim protection while also giving you elite switchability for big and just provides that spark of energy. But, Joe, anything else you want to touch on before we get out of here? That's pretty much it. All right, that wraps it up. Big thanks to Joe for hopping on, and always a big thanks to everybody for listening. You can find the buzz on all streaming platforms. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.